Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Welcome, welcome, Michelle, to Envision Together, going to our next level of best podcast. So glad to have you on the show. I feel like we're already kindred spirits. Please tell us about yourself, anything you want us to know. Well, first of all, Pamela, I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me. It's such an honor to be here, and I just love your story, and I really hope that today my story will be encouraging to your audience listening. And for anyone listening and get to know me, I'm coming from Canada. So we're touching base across the continent here. And uh, where I'm at, it's Calgary, Alberta. I'm at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And over the past 15 years, I've been working as a high school teacher, but I'm also a business owner and entrepreneur. So I have my own makeup mineral line called Inno Mineral Cosmetics. And I'm also an online business coach and strategist. So I love to help people create a strategy for their business if they want to get online. And as we close our show today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell us more about how people can get in touch with you. So that would be great for them to be able to find you. And thanks so much again for agreeing to the interview. Let's jump right in. I know from our recent conversations that you experience feelings of loss of identity and being burnt out by life a few years ago due to sudden changes at work. So tell my listeners and I about that experience. It's really hard when things are out of control. And I think this year with COVID going and we have all experienced in some shape or form a loss of control. For some people, it's a loss of control over your health. For others, it's their job. And this didn't happen to me this year. This happened to me, well, about three years ago now. And as a teacher, I actually really love teaching. And that's why I haven't stopped teaching. But I had my dream job. I love the fine arts. And I studied to be a drama teacher. So I finally landed this sweet position at a high school where I was putting on musical productions and dramas and teaching all sorts of amazing things. And I would put on these amazing productions and I would be so proud of them. I would give everything to this job. And I'm sure you can relate when you love something you do, you get really wrapped up in it. But the problem is sometimes is when you love something so much, you begin to identify with that job. For me, I, I was a drama teacher. That's who I was. That was my identity. And so when there were budget cuts, which are totally out of my control, I could perform as well as I want. I could put on the best shows. I could have the most awesome classes. Didn't matter how much students loved me. They were cutting my job. 
And I wasn't going to be going back to that school. So I got shoved off into another school that needed just a body to fill a place and teach some students. And it wasn't even in a subject that I had ever taught before, English. I mean, it's not a far stretch from drama, but honestly, I never really studied literature. In fact, I did horribly in my first year university English class. So I was a little bit overwhelmed, to say the least, anxious, frustrated, and angry that I had lost control that I had done anything wrong, but I didn't have my job, my dream job anymore. So I didn't know what to do. I can relate to that. A few years ago, I went through a similar experience at work and it does leave you kind of spinning. In me, it even triggered a little anxiety and fear. So that leads us into my next question. How did that season wrestling with anxiety and fear lead you to ultimately redefining and recreating yourself? And how was your confidence restored? Such a good question. And it's so appropriate because here we're looking to level up, to become a better version of ourselves. And I think the first lesson that I learned was that I don't need to identify myself in a job or find myself worth in a job. And I think that's a problem because, you know, even as a mother, some women, they find their worth in being a mother, but what happens when your kids grow up and move away or you find your worth and identity in being a wife or a husband, depending on the listener today, and then something happens and you can't find that identity anymore. And really, I didn't know how to identify. I didn't want to say I was a teacher anymore. I wasn't proud of it anymore. And I had to get to know myself again. And when I went to this new school, I wasn't dealing with my emotions. I was pushing them away and pushing them down. So when we're hit with something and we don't know how to deal with it, and when we push those emotions away, guess what? That's not a healthy way to deal with it. That's just going to bubble up into giant problems later. And for me, it became uncontrollable panic attacks. So I used to be the person that would look at students and other people and judge and say, how is that person so flaky? How are they having meltdowns and panic attacks? Because I would have high school students saying, I, I need to leave the room. I'm going to have a panic attack. And I would, right. I would just, I would be nice about it. But in my mind, in the back of my mind, I would be thinking, what is their problem? Because I've been a very strong person my whole life, confident, mm-hmm. happy. I'm not a very low person. My mood is generally very cheerful. As you can probably hear with my voice right now, I'm a very animated individual. So it's very rare for me to feel down in the dumps and things like that. So when I was hit with my first anxiety attack, I didn't know what was happening, but I had no control over my emotions, over my feelings. And this is the first time I really had to seek out counseling and advice and help. And for me also, uh, I connected with my faith and prayer because I truly believe God helped me through my anxiety as well. I can relate to so much of what you said. In fact, I mean... I could have said that could have been my own response. Everything you said, I went through when I experienced anxiety and fear and just a sense of loss of identity. It even reminds me of when my brother passed away. I experienced a loss of identity. I didn't actually realize. I knew we were super close, but I didn't know that in losing him, I I felt like part of me was gone. Things we talked about, things we dreamed of accomplishing. I just, I'm like, if that's not going to happen, then who am I? Thanks for being so candid about your experience. 
Were there other life experiences that you attribute as significant in shaping who you are today and your sense of purpose? I believe there's many things, and I don't believe that anything doesn't happen for a reason. Everything is for a reason in our lives, the good and the bad. And we just have to know and trust that if we are doing our best to live our lives the right way, like our our good life, our best life, the life of purpose, I like to call it, because I believe we all have purpose. And I believe we have a unique design that we have a unique gift to give to this world. And for me, I believe that God has called me to do some very special things in this world, which I know every single person listening that they have a special gift and calling for their lives. And I know as I'm saying this, people are feeling it in their hearts, because it's that something that you're just hoping for that lights you up when you do it, that you're always thinking, how can I do more of it? And it sometimes it's a loss of something that's a wake-up call. I don't know why, but sometimes it's when those things are trimmed away. And today, actually, just my tree got pruned. And as the arborist was in the tree, cutting off some of the branches because they were scraping against the eaves troughs and our neighbor's roof, He said, oh, you have a lot of dead branches in here that need to be cleared out. Uh, And do you want us to do that? Because it'll help the tree grow out better and healthier next year. And it's the same with our lives. Sometimes we don't realize it. We think it's good things, but maybe we're just holding on to that one branch, but it's dying or dead or it's growing in the wrong direction. And it's got to get pruned. It's got to get trimmed in order for us to grow the best way and not create destruction down the road. We just don't see it. Like if we continue growing in one way, it's going to grow through the window pane or bust through someone else's roof. And it's the same with our lives. We don't realize that small things can add up to big things and that dead pieces of us are preventing us from truly flourishing and becoming greater. And this loss of my job really was a turning point where I realized I wanted to find my identity in something deeper, that I wanted to have a greater purpose, that it wasn't just about doing a job. It was about creating an impact and having influence in the world around me that mattered. And there was another moment that I had in my 20s where I was working at a summer camp. And that summer, a few of the other workers, it was my one of my good friends, her mother, her boyfriend, and her sister, they were all working at the camp, driving home ran into a semi-truck and they all died um, within that accident. And that was tragic. I was blown away. I never thought I would ever experience something like that. I, I mean, it's something to see someone die of cancer or of old age, but when someone is dies in a tragic accident, it hits you in a way that you realize the loss in such a great magnitude. And I realized that life is such a gift that she didn't know how many days she had. And I don't know how many days I have in my life, but boy, do I want to live those life to the fullest because every day is a gift. So that's another life lesson that I just want to remind people of that regardless of the hard times and whatever seems to be going wrong, because it's easy to look at what's going wrong. But if you're alive, you need to ask what's going right (laughs) because it's a gift. Yes. Wow. You know what? I have nothing to add there. What you said is so beautiful. I know that it has to speak to the audience. So eloquent. From the analogy of the tree to this final word, just knowing that life is a gift and to cherish it and to be about purpose. Wow. I'm just going to leave it there. 
I know that you have you feel a special call to help Christian women achieve their dreams. Why are you drawn to this group? Well, I thought I could help any woman entrepreneur online. And I actually did do some business coaching for just business women, lady bosses, as we <laughs> like to call ourselves. But as these women were coming to me, I had some ladies saying, you know, I want to help my real estate business. And then the lady was saying, oh, I want help with my MLM company. And for some reason, that just wasn't getting me excited. To me, I was like, yeah, I can help you sell more shampoo, but what impact is that going to leave? What kind of legacy is that going to leave? And so when I talk about purpose, I believe one very important element of purpose is being able to leave a legacy. So is what I'm doing today going to last when I'm gone? Because that's the kind of life I want to live. And I realized that Christian women, a lot of times have gone through a transformational experience. So they're usually not just wanting to start a business like selling t-shirts or mugs, which you can do even if you're Christian, Um, but maybe a lot of women, they want to do something like maybe help women who have been abandoned by their husbands and create a special course for, or coaching program for women who need help with that. Or maybe there's a woman who's struggled with an eating disorder and she wants to create something that will transform other women's lives in that area. So to me, that's creating a legacy uh, something that's deeper and more permanent than something like, I mean, I make makeup, so I I can't say that's necessarily (laughs) leaving a legacy. And I I enjoy that business. And I believe I learned a lot of my online skills by doing that business. But I found more and more that by building into people rather than worrying about something, I'm finding so much more fulfillment and purpose in that. So that even though I have this other business, this is my passion. And I think that's okay. We can have things that we do but we have to honor our passions first and foremost, especially if it's what we were created to do. Yes. In your role, helping others fulfill their purpose, have you identified ways that people self-sabotage their dreams? And what do you think is usually at the root of someone having self-sabotage tendencies? (laughs) I'm laughing because I still struggle with, I think we all do. It doesn't matter how good you get. I think you will still struggle with this. Mm -hmm. And it's about resetting and reframing your mindset and always choosing to avoid it. So it's not saying that you're always going to self-sabotage. It's just saying you can choose to shift your mind so that you don't and becoming more and more aware of it. And I believe that over time, I've become much more aware of where my triggers are and why. So there's two reasons why I believe it's on a spectrum. Either we're afraid to fail. Let me interrupt for just a second. Oh, no worries. How about, what is your idea of self-sabotage? Like, how would you define it? We all have these impressions in our mind of what it is, but how would you define it or give a couple of examples? Totally. Either I'm afraid to fail or I'm afraid to succeed. It's on that spectrum. When it's, I'm afraid to fail, I'm wondering, is it just safer for me to just keep on doing the same old thing? And why should I waste my time trying to start an online business? Why should I waste my time trying to impact Christian women? Why should I waste my time and money trying to run Facebook ads? And I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who've maybe tried a few things and they didn't fly, but you feel like you're really supposed to do it. And so you self-sabotage yourself by saying, you know, I'm going to play it small or I won't try because I already tried and it didn't work, but maybe you didn't try enough. And so don't shortchange yourself. You're still in the journey. If you want to do it, you need to see it through. Don't give up. 
And the other thing is sometimes we play small because we don't think we are capable or you, you say, oh, I want to do this, but maybe I don't have the speaking skills or I'm not beautiful enough. Or like, honestly, Pamela, sometimes I, I have a makeup business and I'm like, I don't look like a supermodel. Like, I don't want to show my face with my makeup on because other people Actually, are doing their makeup. <laughs> my listeners can't see you, but I've seen you. And that's absolutely not true. You're but these are the things that we struggle with that in yes. our own minds, we self-criticize. I can relate to that because I used to feel like I was ugly. I used to feel like I was too tall, too dark, too whatever you can be too much of. I was that. So I can relate, but I'm really open about it today because I do realize that it's very common and working with young ladies you see how common it is. So when I see someone just the other day, I saw a lady come out of the um, a beauty shop, actually, and she just looked gorgeous. And I, I was on the phone, but I interrupted my conversation to say, you are so pretty and your hair is just incredible. And she just, oh, I'm so thankful. And, and I'm a hairdresser. So I said, well, give me your card. But I told her, I hope this doesn't make you feel strange that I, that I did this because I just think if you think something positive, you should say it out loud. And because so many women are absolutely beautiful, but they don't know it, Mm -hmm. I really try to make a point to lift other people up because I was in that situation too. People look at me and they think I, I was never insecure, but yes, very insecure. But I'm not saying that you're insecure, but you're way more beautiful than you're making our listeners think. I'm sure they could look at my face shot and profile shot or whatever. And I've got my makeup on and I'm smiling there, which is great. And, and, you know, I do look back on photos. I'm like, oh, I don't look so bad there, you know, but it's in that, in the moment when you're posting, you're thinking, you know, it doesn't match up to some things I've seen on Instagram or what other people are doing or what other people look like. But guess what? We only have one body and one life to enjoy. So we may as well love ourselves. Right, Pamela? (laughs) Right. And the incredible thing too, is as you grow, I find that the more I become free on the inside, I think it shows on the outside. And I think that's what real beauty is. When you settle all those issues on the inside, get rid of that low self-esteem, get rid of negative thoughts and accept who you are, become comfortable in your own skin. Beauty just radiates. We have so many examples in society of the not so traditional idea of beauty just being a wow factor and men falling at those women's feet. And I think what is really going on is there's all types of beauty. We can't classify and say beauty only looks this way. But in addition to that, that person has a confidence that we're all responding to and confidence, true confidence is beautiful. We all want it. We all long for it. So t- sometimes we're responding for something that's not tangible. So it, mm-hmm. it points us to do work on the inside. Can I touch on self-sabotage one other thing? Because, sure. because I'm a performer. I like, for me, if I achieve things, I feel good about myself. 
Mm. It's like tick, 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 checking off that to-do list. But I realize it's not about what we're doing. It's about, am I living out my life values? Mm -hmm. That's what's important. And the other thing is when I feel overwhelmed, sometimes I try to escape. So I want to ask, what is your escape? Your listeners need to hear this because what are you using to escape right now? And for me, I just realized I was feeling overwhelmed the other day because all I wanted to do was either read a book or watch Netflix. And that's one way I know that I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm starting to spiral out and self-sabotage in the area of fear of failure. I don't, I just don't want to try. And are our listeners, you know, watching too much TV or maybe some people, they self-sabotage with food. So you go on a diet and you're so excited about slimming down 10 pounds and getting toned up. And instead of doing the diet, you decide to do the opposite. You eat the bag of chips and you have the ice cream because you're like, I may as well just enjoy myself. Then you feel disappointed 10 minutes after because you just sabotaged yourself. I can relate to so much you just said. This is good stuff. I feel very confident that my listeners are going to get a lot from what you're sharing. Uh, You also mentioned cutting yourself short or something like that a while ago. And I think that's a good way to look, look at it too. When you don't go all in for your dreams and your purpose, you're cutting yourself short and you have to find a way to move past it. We're all going forward scared. If everyone's just honest, when you first start and even along the road, after you've achieved a certain level of success, you continue to second guess yourself. But those who are successful, they second guess, but they keep moving. And if something doesn't work out, they just try again another way. So I realized at a certain point that not only did I have fear of failure, I had a fear of success. What would you say to people who may be wrestling with struggles similar to what I just shared? I know you touched on that a little bit, but there's a fear of failure. There's also a fear of success. So the the fear of success is funny because what if you become too successful? Oh, I have too many clients. Oh, oh, I have too much money. Oh, I, I'm too beautiful. <laughs> like I got too toned. Oh no, I have a six pack now. Like seriously, like why are we afraid of success? Oh, my family will judge me because now I could afford the car that I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these are real things. These are real yes. things. But if you get too busy, guess what? You outsource, you scale up. I always tell people like, then you hire someone to do it because we're so used to like do it yourself, this and that. And I've learned one of the biggest freeing things that I've ever done is delegating. I Mm. love it. So whenever I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting capped out and like, oh, what if I'm like, I can't, I can't handle this too much. Either I raise my prices (laughs) or... I delegate. So, so like I say that as a coach, right? Because it's like, yeah. you only have so much time in the day. And if you don't want to do so many one-on-ones, you raise your prices. And then only the people who really want to coach with you will pay for it. And, you know, um, just talking a little bit more about that fear of success. I was thinking about a time in my life when I experienced that. I had a high degree of success as a young person. I was produced off Broadway, a play that I wrote when I was 16. And I think what happened is I was afraid about whether or not I could do that again, if I could achieve on that level again, the expectation around me. And I was too young to be able to process it. 
I felt such pressure that people were expecting great things from me. And I, I'm not, I don't think I was fully convinced that I could pull it off. And to some degree, you feel almost like an imposter. Like, I don't know how this happened. This was just like a fluke situation. <laughs> and so you're like, can I really deliver? Am I that great writer? Mm-hmm. So it makes you nervous about even succeeding and the pressure that comes with it to keep pulling it off over and over again. Don't do it alone though, right? If, yeah. if you're feeling that, put people around you that are going to coach you, mm-hmm. encourage you, people that have a similar vision for leveling up their life. So Pamela, when you told me that story, it broke my heart. It's like, I wish I could have gone and sat down across the table from 16 year old Pamela as the woman I am now and speak into her life. And I can imagine what would you say to 16 year old you from today's perspective? I wish we were both there. And, And another thing is I got my coaching certification in 2007. And sometimes I think, what if I had like bravely stepped out and coaching in 2007, where would I be today with my business? But you know what? I didn't. So when's the next best time? The best time to step out is now. There's no better time. And I mean, our dreams change, our visions change. I was like you, Pamela, I wanted to be an actress when I graduated from high school, but now I have no desire to be an actress. But I have other dreams now. And so I'm just going to step out in those because when I was 16, I thought I was too fat. I didn't think I was pretty enough. I thought I wasn't talented enough. So I didn't really go for things the way that I should have maybe or persisted the way I should have. But I have the confidence now. I have the belief now and I have the understanding that I can't let my negative thoughts hold me down because we have to say no to those thoughts and we have to choose the good ones, the ones that are going to build us up because we can sabotage ourselves with our thoughts as well. I'm glad that we touched on that whole 16 year old self, 20 year old self, because there's young people out there who they're at that point right now and they're struggling with their weight and are they pretty and are they this and are they that? Hopefully they're listening to us and they're saying, you know what? I can do it. I am good enough. I can find my way. Were you aware at a young age that you might have unique strengths and gifts that enables you to be of support to others? Hmm. From a young age? I don't know. I've, I've always had a way of drawing people about and encouraging them. And I know even today I'm an encourager. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes to me and they can't see the potential in themselves, that's my special gift, I believe. When, I, when you say like, what's your superpower? If someone comes to me and they are lacking vision. They don't know what to do with their skills and abilities. I said, like, let's sit down, let's talk. And I have, oh boy, do I have ideas for you now. And I can give them such a great picture of what possibilities they could do with their life. And not that I'm just laying out a life roadmap. I don't just tell people how to live their lives, but sometimes people, we can, when we're on our own, we have a limited point of view. Sometimes we just need someone to come in from the outside and see us from the outside and tell us what they see in us. What am I capable of? What could I possibly do? And I remembered in my twenties, I was running a prayer group at my church and I was inviting other 20 somethings to come and be a part of this group. And this was a large church in my city. I mean, in the States, your churches are even much bigger, but for us in Canada, a church of 5,000 is very big. And the senior pastor of this church, he was there late one night when we were doing one of these meetings and he walked by and he said, God's going to use you to do some great things. 
And I just looked at him and <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I just, I was taken aback, but also in my heart, it was something that I treasured. I mean, obviously I remembered it because I'm still bringing it up here today, but he spoke something into me mm-hmm. that became a spark. And it made me realize that, you know, yes, I am going to do great things. And it makes me, that story makes me think of even um, the gift we can give to young people, even as teachers. We see young people every day who are struggling in one way or another. And I always try to have an eye for the way that I can encourage someone that will ignite a spark, a fire in them that'll send them on their path to purpose. (laughs) We don't go real deep in conversation, but I try to show them I see you and I see your gifting. I find as I get older, I get more comfortable in my own skin. And I stop worrying about what other people think about me so much. It it helps me to focus on my purpose and go for higher levels in my own life and to seek to help others to come along. I don't want to just go there myself. I want others to come with me. So I find that with each step, it's freeing. Like I'm getting excited because I feel like I'm in this season and I'm just baby steps in this direction. So it actually excites me. I'm reflecting on myself right now and I'm saying, wow, I've never felt like this before. Like I'm feeling free, like a weight has been lifted, like I can exhale. And I'm just baby steps going in the direction of just going for it and forgetting about what people might think or say, just go for my purpose and the way I feel God is leading me. So I feel more alive now than in my twenties. I feel in a lot of ways, even though I'm heavier and older, I feel more confident right now than when I, you know, maybe had my weight down a little better and the younger skin and all that. So Would you trade places with your 20-year-old self or would you stay where I am? Why and why not? I think (laughs) I know the answer to this though, (laughs) but let's still see what you're going to say. You know, could could I take my personality and put it back in my 20-year-old body? (laughs) Okay, that's (laughs) fine. I'm joking. I'm so happy. Like, honestly, I... I've, I've grown so much and that growth comes through experience and, you know, it's too bad that we have to get older, but I think it's just part of embracing who we are. And I feel like I'm a better version of myself today than I was, you know, 20 odd, 20, not quite 20 years ago, but 15 odd years. Me too. And you were joking, but if I could take the inner me and put it in the younger me my the body of my younger self, I would do it because I was thinking of that saying, why is energy wasted on the young? <laughs> because I mean, what could we not get done with the mindset we have now and the energy of yesterday? I know. <laughs> anyway, we're just having a little fun here. Well, all of my guests on the show, I asked them this one final question, which is what one gym would you give to my listeners about how to lift themselves up? Uh, And for our conversation um, specifically, uh, lift themselves out from being burnt out by life, self-sabotage, and going to their next level of best, giving greater expression to their purpose. Of everything we've talked about, or even maybe something we haven't shared yet, what's the one thing that, man, the listeners really need to get it? 
Okay. It's going to, I already said it, but I'm going to repeat it because I think sometimes we don't internalize it enough. And that is you have a purpose. doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, how rich you are, how poor you are, whether you live in a rented apartment or a five bedroom home, whether you have a car or can't afford to fix your bike, it doesn't matter. Or whether you got a degree or whether you're working, you know, part-time stocking shelves. I don't care where you're at. If you're listening and you want to be better and you want to have an impact, you will. You have a purpose Mm -hmm. and you have a gift within you that I believe is given to you by God. (laughs) And you were created to do good things, good things. And I want to share a thought from the Bible. And it says, no, I has seen No ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. So that, what does that tell me? That tells me that I, it doesn't matter the biggest dreams I can dream. Sometimes, you know, the big gurus will say like, dream your best life, you know, make your vision board. I'm like, that's all great and dandy. You know, maybe I could have a yacht and a private jet. I don't really care, but what is my best life? What is the great good that I can do that I can create for me? That's transforming and emboldening and giving women courage to step out and create the impact in their circles of influence and giving them the skills online. That's my purpose. So what is yours? That is what tells me I'm going to leave a legacy that echoes beyond when I'm gone. And I know that I can't even dream what that's going to look like. I know I'm stepping out in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't have a book written yet today, but do I have one in the process? Yes. Is it going to get written? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) And I've been on some podcasts. I've run my own podcast. You know, will I get to speak on more? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I want you to say to yourself. It's like, what is one thing that you're hoping for? Maybe you're hoping to put on a summit or maybe you're hoping to sign your first coaching client. Well, you're going to do it. I'm telling you now it's going to happen because even if you just thought that you're going to do so much more than that, you could say, I can't even dream having 10 coaching clients. Well, maybe there's bigger dreams in store for you. So don't underestimate yourself. And don't lose hope when you're not always getting those open doors that aren't happening. Because if you're pushing through, if you're being honest to who you really are, instead of just finding your identity in a role, in a title, in things, you will find it. You will find your purpose. And purpose isn't just one thing. We can find purpose in many things. Like I find a ton of purpose and joy in being a mother and nurturing my children. I find purpose in being a wife, but I also find so much purpose in serving women and helping them flourish online. So do you see how our our very core, our very being isn't just made to be one thing? An apple tree doesn't just make one apple. It makes many apples. I think we're meant to be very fruitful with our lives. So I, I want our readers to know that you have a purpose. You will do good things with your life and you will be incredibly fruitful as you believe and change your mindset that you can and will make amazing change and impact in this world. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And with that said, will you please tell my listeners how they can contact you, sign up for your Rise Up Ruby Challenge, anything you want to let my listeners know about how to connect with you? 
Go for it. Oh, thank you so much, Pamela. If you are a woman and you're just looking to find out how to create more impact online, I would love it if you got in touch with me. The best place to connect with me right now is in my Facebook group. I have a private group called the Ruby Tribe, and it's just a place where I'm encouraging women. And whenever I offer free workshops and training, I give a shout out to there. So that's probably a great place to be. You can also sign up for my emails and I have a free 16-day devotional called Rise Up. So it's 16 days of content that you can read and it's all about how to rise up in your life. And you can go to my website. It's michellefreewalkner.com. So let me just spell that for you because my name is not easy to spell. M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-F-R-E-E-W-O-E-C-K-E-N-E-R.com. Plus, I know you'll put it in the comments. There's somewhere, Pamela. And you can just uh, stay in touch with me there as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Pamela. Well, friends, this is our final episode of season one. I want to thank you for joining me on this conversational journey. I am humbled by those of you in America and around the world who tuned in bi-weekly to listen to my inspirational guests speaking on diverse topics. Please join us again for season two, beginning in the new year on February 14th, 2022. A heartfelt thank you to all of my guests for sharing your insights and wisdom. I have much appreciation for both my editors, Asia, who got me started, and Esther, who took me to the finish line of season one. The prayers and support of family, friends, and some new friends meant the world to me. Last but not least, all praise to God. Let everything about this podcast be done to your glory and be found pleasing in your sight. Finally, I said this prayer in the Envision Together Facebook group a few weeks ago, and I can't think of a better way to close season one. My prayer for us all is that God's blessings shower us in every area we stand in need or want of according to his will and purpose for our lives. I pray that we go for our goals and dreams like never before, even if it seems scary or difficult. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.